Black Talker Cast Nation. I am here with Ash. Ash, a couple months ago, you were on the podcast. Right when the team was going as bad as they could have been going. And you predicted that this team, in two or three months' time, would be sitting right where they're sitting right now. What did you see three months ago that told you we'd be right here right now? I mean, like I said three months ago, we had a new coaching staff. You know, I mean, head coach Morton took over. Everybody was bought into the program. Now we got all the fans behind us, and I just had a feeling that we we're just going to start something new. Okay. Yep. Do you have a prediction for the rest of the season? I mean, I know we got one more game of the season, and then we have playoffs, but I think we got five games left. That's a championship game. So just yeah. keep, keep believing. We believe. You yes, got to keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Thanks Ash. That was Orange County SC player. She shot the uh, after the big win over San Antonio. Let's get right into this. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora. I'm here to take you through that journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me and helping me out this week, first, the one from Vegas, Mr. Bradley. How are you feeling, Brad, after a wonderful, amazing, awesome week from Orange County uh, in two matches? Man, Orange County gave me cardiac arrest after an insane Saturday game, but Everton and... uh Orange County on Wednesday made things a little bit better. It was a good weekend. Who knew how long? Who had the over-under of like two minutes or three minutes for Brad to bring up Everton? Um, I, I'm stoked. Orange County made my birthday wishes come true. Um, I will have something to do my birthday weekend and go watch Orange County at Championship Soccer Stadium. Um, also helping us out today, we've got Mr. Larry, the bearded one himself, um, who's going to come help talk stuff. He was actually sidelines. Larry. I was chanting your name from section nine, but you could not hear me. It was probably too noisy, but I was stoked to watch you taunting the San Antonio fans that were out there in GA. You know what? Actually, um, they, they were, they were cool. They, they were, they seemed like really nice people. And we had a little conversation, a little, little yakking back and forth. And after the game, I turned around and looked at him and kind of shrugged. And the one guy who was doing most of the talking, he looked at me, he gave a thumbs up little applaud. I gave a bow and said, we will see you guys again before this season is up. Yes, it was. Let me, let me just say this. If you were not at championship soccer stadium Saturday night, you missed out. Um, atmosphere was the, probably the most electric I've seen since the Western conference finals a couple seasons ago. Uh, the, the fans were into it. Uh, the players were into it. Obviously there was some great action there. What's up, Larry? Who, who did we play in that game? Um, I think it was San Antonio. Who did Man, we beat we, in that game? Um, I don't know. Is it is it a victory? I, I, I thought it's we 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 moved on on PKs, right? Or no? Yeah, did we beat yeah, them? Yes, we absolutely did. Tra- translation: San Antonio, don't come to our house in October. Doesn't do any. Doesn't do you a damn bit of good. 
Yeah, we'll talk more about the San Antonio match. But before San Antonio happened, there was another match uh, midweek um, that I, I think we were talking about last week that was the more dangerous or the most more scary match out of these two matches. They both were amazing, scary matches. Um, but to keep Orange County's hopes alive um, uh, of securing a home playoff match in the first round and even potentially leaving it open for second place in the table in the West, they had to take care of Oakland roots coming into town. Uh, and it was scary because Oakland went up early one nil. Uh, and um, uh, although I, I don't think we were super worried at that point, you know, there's still plenty of time to come back. We've grown to love this team and, and, and trust this team. They'd been on shaky ground um, heading into this match. And maybe there was some worries. Uh, I'll go to you first, Larry. Um, going down I, one nil against Oakland. What was your yeah. what was going on in your head? Oh crap! Um, the way the team played in uh, in September, which let's be honest, we did not play well in September, not at all. Um, what what did we pick up? Two points in September, I think, something like that. Two ties, two losses. Um, when we went down in the eleventh minute. My only thought was, oh, this is not good at all. And I, was, uh, I wasn't I was at the game because I wasn't feeling well. Um, but just sitting there at home just going, oh, God, please, no. But then, you know what? We got, got the penalty from Milan right before halftime. Uh, and then it just it carried on from there. And, uh, you know, the team looked so good in the second half. Those, those little tweaks that Coach Morton makes at halftime – they they have worked damn near every game this season since he has taken over. And you know Wednesday night was uh, was no different. They, the the tweaks worked, and we came out of there with three points. And coming out of that match with three uh, with three points was very big, very important for Orange County, very important for both teams. But Orange County really needed this to get back on the winning ways um, and move into that San Antonio match with some confidence. Uh, we got that penalty, and if I recall right, we also scored like a few minutes later, right before the the end. So we got two goals in extra time in that first half, uh, which I think was the knockout punch there for Oakland. I think uh, that sort of just deflated any hope they had heading in halftime, right, Brad? I see you nodding your head with me. I think you agree. Yeah. With no. Uh, going into halftime, if Orange County doesn't score the two goals when they did, um, this game would be going into halftime, and we'd probably end up conceding early in the second half. Um, the team did a very good job at at coming out and generating a lot of uh, excitement towards the end of that first half. You know, they they it was the only reason why uh, we held on and we had such a strong second half. How important, Brad? I'll go to you again on this. And how important was Orange County to get the victory against Oakland midweek, heading into that all important matchup against San Antonio? Um, remember, San Antonio basically just annihilated Orange County when we visited. Um, out there. So it was um, important for Orange County to get some confidence because there's a good chance that we're facing San Antonio in the playoffs um, and you need to build up some confidence against them heading into that. How important was this Oakland match for, in your opinion, for Orange County? Yeah, I think this Oakland match was the best opportunity the rest of the season for us to earn any points of like the three-point variety. Um, it was very important for Orange County to come out of this game with those three points. And now we can confidently say that this team is going to put on a strong contention for one of those uh, late season, hopefully holding two games at Orange County instead of, uh, 
instead of one. You know, the all these points matter for home field advantage. Uh, you cannot discount that at all. And, and let me just say sort of the call of the night. It sort of reminded me when we're watching the highlights on this stream. Um, I can't believe I can't remember if was it uh, who was on the call on Wednesday night, but the reference to the Scooby Doo smoke or the Scooby Doo esque um, smoke in uh, the corner there. I thought that was an awesome call there. I loved hearing it. Uh, you got to love this time of year at the Championship Soccer Stadium when the smoke goes off. It just sort of lingers right there, like some murky fog. Uh, I, I recall on Saturday I was at the match there and it sort of just lingered and made its way over to where I was in section nine, but that's an awesome call. Whoever there was, I think it was Mike Watts, but I can't remember. Um, no idea who was on the call, but yeah, I remember hearing that and it was absolutely hilarious. Let me, let me ask you the, the same question I just asked Brad, uh, Larry, uh, how important was this three points for orange County against Oakland? Uh, knowing that we had San Antonio coming up on Saturday. It was a must have. I felt like going into this game, we, a tie, a, a loss would have broke us, would have broken the team, I think. Um, a tie wouldn't have broken the team, but it would have put us in a really bad spot and obviously would have prevented us from locking up the um, the home field game on the 21st. Um, I felt like we had to have three points because they had to have that confidence after taking, let's put it frankly, an ass hand in from San Antonio two weeks ago. Um, it was absolutely necessary, and they ended up getting it in the end. And I think I'm not sure somebody else else would have to check it. Was that the first time that the Alaskis scored in a game together for OCSC? Anybody know? I don't have that information off the top of my head. And there's that murky fog we're talking about on the highlights, but <laughs> I don't have the information off the top of my head. I'm sure um, you've already got producer Andy trying to look into that and see if he can find an answer to that. Uh, I'm, but... I'm pretty sure that it was. And I think that was part of the uh, exuberance of the celebration that the, uh, the and, and the brother love that was going on there. I think that was a big part of it. Um, and it was great to watch. I mean, that, that goal from Brian was just fantastic. Just way to pick it up and just blast it. And if and a USL uh, or OCSC fans, if you haven't yet, Go on to USL Championship, Goal of the Week. Brian Iloski is up for Goal of the Week. Vote early, vote often. And I'm going to tell you right now, Larry, because you asked this in the YouTube chats, what is everyone drinking or who's drinking what tonight, right? I have I, – I, I told you guys, I told uh, Brad, Larry, and Producer Andy before we went on, I'm on all types of superstitions right now. Um, I told you all if you were watching last week or listening to our last episode – uh, that during that big run, I was drinking this plantation 20-year rum. You can see I'm very low on this. Um, and then I stopped. Um, the last drink I had on the show was right before the Vegas match. I didn't drink any after that, and we went on the poor run of form last week. That's what I drank. We got the two victories. So I'm trying to do my part. I'm drinking this again today. I'm just worried because I don't know if it's this particular bottle that's the good luck or if it's just <laughs> this drink that's good luck. I'm going to buy another one because I'm almost out. I'm hoping it's the drink and not just this particular bottle. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll get the new one and pour it into this old bottle for the good luck on that, right? Um, other questions going on as of right now. We're talking about playoff positioning, possible opponents. We'll get into that. Um, I'm seeing that in the comments. Um, let's wrap up, though, on this Oakland because I really want to get into the San Antonio match. That was uh, such an amazing match. Electric in the stadium, electric on the pitch. A lot to talk about there. Um, do you have, uh, Brad, like any hero or man of the match? Uh, in your opinion, for this Oakland versus uh, OC match? I mean, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Knockham for that save towards the end of the game. Uh, quite impressive. I don't have any particular 
uh, man in the match of this game. I think uh, Oloski scoring the first goal, and uh, even if it's a penalty, it definitely sets the tone in a uh, big way for the team. So I'll just go with Oloski. All right, what about you, Larry? Uh, I'm going with the other Oloski. Brian drew the penalty, which set up uh, Milan's penalty uh, penalty score. And then, you know, Brian got the banger there uh, later in the game to seal the win at, you know, to, to put us up 3-1. Um, Brian has been looking fantastic. And I'm going to touch on this when it comes, when we start talking about San Antonio. But uh, Brian is just, <laughs> people should be afraid of Brian Oloski, all five foot six, 135 pounds of him. They should be absolutely terrified of that kid. Yeah, um, Brian's probably playing the the best soccer of his Orange County career at this point, which is awesome, heading into um, a potential, hopefully, deep playoff run um, from the team. Obviously, we all know Milan's a great player. I want to actually give a shout-out to someone that I know fans have been iffy on and there's been some praise and some some concerns about. It was Thomas Among. Um, he got that second uh, punch right before halftime. Um, getting that second goal that sort of knocked all the air out of Oakland. He also should have had uh, an assist on what looked like the most weird stumbling uh, off balance, weird pass to Kyle Scott and Kyle Scott just could not get it by uh, an amazing save from uh, Blanchett. Um, so Amon could have been on a goal and an assist in this match. Uh, and, and I mean, when you're looking at a player like him, complimenting a Milan Oloski, a Brian Oloski, um, that's what you want out of that sort of third attacking or third um, weapon is a goal and a good setup for what should have been an assist to, to Kyle Scott there. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with you there. And speaking of Blanchett, 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 I can't remember how to say his name, if it's a P or a B. Um, in actual, you want to talk about a man of the match? If it's not for three, maybe four ridiculous saves from that cat on Wednesday night, Orange County wins that game 6-1, 7-1, because he made some crazy good stops in that game. I agree with you there. Um, and I apologize if there's ever any slight uh, silence between uh, Larry and Brad and myself jumping in. I'm just muting myself. I don't want y'all to have to hear crickets. There's crickets in here. Um, I know sometimes that's not fun to listen to when you're listening to a podcast. Uh, Brad, any last comments on this match against Oakland before we move on to the match against San Antonio? I got none. Awesome. So after a big midweek, necessary big midweek win for Orange County, 3-1 over Oakland, uh, the big matchup, the revenge matchup, uh, the you know heavyweight battle between two top teams in the West this past Saturday, uh, final home match of the season for Orange County, a beer fest night, and an announced sellout where I believe – it was even, you know, sometimes the club goes and sells like these like standing room only type tickets. I believe they even sold out of what they could sell on those. Um, I know at some point, a day or two before the match, there were a lot of Orange County fans jumping on social medias and discords and stuff like that, talking about uh, secondary market prices jumping up to somewhere near $100, $200 for general admission for this match. Now, who knows if anyone actually paid that amount, um, but that's probably having to do with algorithms and people like looking, hey, you can't buy tickets anymore to this match. If someone really wants to go, this is their way to get in, um, which was really crazy. I've never seen that for Orange County. Um, fans were electric. The players on both sides were into this match, um, both playing really well and also just playing really aggressive, real physical. 
we all know the the stats on San Antonio being like the league leaders in fouls conceded. Um, and um, it was that and everything. And I think it was a really, really great match. If anyone went there for the very first ever match, it was a great first match to go to. I'm going to go to you, Larry. You were on the sidelines. You were taunting the, the San Antonio fans. You were pumping up the OC fans there at the GA. You were getting some good videos um, and good uh, images. What was your overall thoughts on this match? How did you leave the stadium, uh, Phil? Uh, I, I left the stadium with my 257 pounds feeling as light as a feather. Um, that was just a wonderful, wonderful game. Um, I would like I would like to point out. I, first of all, I would like to congratulate um, Mitchell, aka Greg Luganis Tainter, on that wonderful dive that was as good as anything that Greg Luganis did in the '88 uh, Olympics in Seoul. Um, I, I'm I'm not going to say much more, but that was extremely weak for a guy who should be more of a class player than that. Um, Orange County Soccer Club shut down with 10 players a man short they shut down the most high-powered offense in usl championship and they did it for 34 minutes just shut them down that ending sequence um that saved that well first of all the let's call it a little bit of a flub by shuttler because it was but then foxy heading the ball off the line onto the onto the post and then Shuttler punching it out, and then that goal shot, that shot on goal, it was going in the back of the net. And if Shuttler does not win save of the week for that, there is something wrong with the people watching USL Championship games. But if you look right behind Shuttler at the same time, you know who was right there if that ball does get by Shuttler? Foxy. He was right there again. There was no way that ball was going in. It was not going to go in because Foxy was in the absolute right place twice in a 12 second span and that saved the three points for us and it was massive and it was fun and man the crowd was just on fire uh beer fest can be and that flick right there from uh kyle to milan wow that was something else as well just the whole game was just one of the funnest games to watch that team right there that played on saturday night for a third of the game with only 10 men that is again i've said it before i've been saying it for a long time that is the most dangerous team in the USL championship. I don't say that as a fan of OCSC. I say that as a fan of soccer and of USL championship. Let me say this before I go to you, Brad, let me say this uh, props to Milan Oloski on that goal. Um, he gets clipped going into that goal and he could have very easily in that position gone down to try and get a, what would have ended up being, I believe a, a free kick in a really dangerous position um, but he did his best to stay up on his feet. He stayed on his feet and he got a Milan Oloski shot off so much power behind that shot as he's like off balance. Um, to, and to get that much power on target, uh, and choosing to stay up instead of taking the, the, the foul, uh, where, which again, I, I would have not faulted him for trying to, to, to pick up the, the, the foul there and draw the foul there and get a penalty, uh, not a penalty, but a free kick. Um, so props to him to have the, 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 the no, you know, knowing where he was, what was going on and what the opportunity was to stay on his feet and get that shot, shot off. That was pretty darn awesome. Larry, you had one last thing to say, and then I'll go to Brad. No, no, the, the stats came up. I did not realize that San Antonio only had the one shot on goal the entire game. I mean, what does that say about our defense? <laughs> the, the highest scoring team 
by a handful of goals in the USL championship. And they only got one shot off against us. And again, 34 minutes playing with 10 players. USL championship, um, be afraid. Be very now, was afraid. that stat for the first half or was that stat for the full game? I, I didn't pay attention to any of that, but um, we'll, we'll figure I'll, that I'll out. Look and see. Oh, and Andy just said that was the half. Okay, so they only got one and a half. I don't know how many the whole game. I'm less excited now. Thanks for ruining it, Ray and Andy. <laughs> Um, and, and for those of you watching the stream, you could see what, uh, one of the things that happened there, uh, with, uh, Larry's favorite San Antonio player, it was, it got chippy in the second half, uh, on from both sides. Let me go to you though, Brad, really quick, before we get into all the chippiness, uh, your overall thoughts of the match, um, and how exciting that was to, to, to watch. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Milan scores at the end of the first half in a very important game. I think that's becoming the uh, new trend right now. Uh, so you can't complain every time Milanoloski scores one of these goals at this point. It's it's game-changing. And Orange County, again, probably doesn't score in the second half if they don't go in with the momentum uh, to make it a 1-0 game. And this team defended their butts off. You have to give them all the credit in the world for it. Uh, they won from a very difficult position to win, um, being down a man for four, the better part of 40 minutes, uh, including stoppage. Um, and they also, you know, I believe Shuttler makes a mistake at the end, multiple mistakes, uh, a goal line clearance where literally player heads it into the crossbar. Um, there was a lot of fight in this team to keep the game at 1-0. There definitely was. There was a quite a, there was a few times that Shuttler was making me nervous. Uh, I I can just remember the one where he was like way outside of the box on that left side of the box, um, and somehow some way dove and got a fingertip on it. Um, if he doesn't get a fingertip tip on it, that's like scary right there. Um, uh, but props to him and props to his defense for just fighting through this. Um, you know, frustrating San Antonio. You could tell San Antonio was frustrated in this match. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just really, really a strong defensive effort, uh, reminds me sort of what we saw out of the team in the championship run two years ago with just the way the defense played. They just did what they needed to do, um, played hard, made it difficult for other teams to do anything. Um, there's one of the other scary moments as we're talking about right now. Um, but you know, when you play the right way, when you play good defense, solid defense and work your butt off. Uh, you get some bounces your way, you're going to win the match. That's the way it works in soccer. Um, and that's what we saw here. I mean, they literally were playing tough, fighting, strong defense, and they got the bounces they needed to secure the win. I'm sure as a San Antonio, if there's San Antonio fans that are listening, they're frustrated over it because they look at it seeing um, that, like what we were just talking about, the Oakland match, right? San Antonio is like, as like we easily should have had three or four goals um, with some of those bounces, some of those, saves with Shuttler having to come out of the box and, and, you know, basically on a lifeline there. But again, the ball bounced the way that orange County needed it to um, their defense held strong in all other aspects of it. And they were able to come away and, and to hold um, San Antonio for what 30 some odd 40 minutes um, down a man. Uh, that is a really big accomplishment for this team. And it's really setting them up for um playoff mentality. This, this, I, I talked to, uh, Oliver Vise, uh after the match on the sidelines while all the fans were getting autographs for fan appreciation. And we both were talking about it. And it's like, this was a playoff match. You look at the, the feistiest on the pitch, 
the aggressiveness, the competitiveness, the energy in the stadium. This was a play. This was Orange County's first playoff match of of the the 2023 season. Um, this has per- now given them that preparation to come into the playoffs and be strong, which is pretty darn awesome that we're going to get to see uh, that as well. Um, and yeah, you. I think you corrected yourself, Larry. Right, five shots and goal for San Antonio when all is yeah. said and done. Yeah. Um, let's yeah, get I didn't into- realize that first one they put up was just halftime. Let's get in. I don't want to spend too much time, but we do got to talk about it. Some of the chippiness out on the pitch in this match. Um, as much as I'm an Orange County fan, I support this team. Um, Sparky McNulty needs to know better in a situation where you're heading into a, a win or go home a type of situation the season. Uh, you can't be putting your hands anywhere near a head or neck of another player. I know I believe it was Tainter, right, uh, Larry? I know he was uh, embellishing it a little. I don't know why he was covering his face um, for two or three minutes there. Obviously, he's trying to sell it to the ref that he got hit in the face. If you watch the replay, it's more McNulty grabbing the collar um, of not 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 his physical collar, but the collar of the shirt. But from afar, and if you're not you know right there or you're not watching repeat replay, it from where I was sitting in section nine, it looked like hands were on the neck. Um, and the shove was that way. That's what it looked like live from where I was. So I can understand why it's a straight red from the ref. I can also understand why McNulty's angry and upset because I've, in a sporting match, been hit in the area that McNulty was kicked in. And when you watch the replay, it looks like it's, you know, overly exaggerated stumbling from Tainter um, looking to maybe maybe do something. Who knows? Um, but McNulty needs to know better, right, Larry? Uh, absolutely, but um, I would I would just like to point something out. Uh, y'all know the movie uh, from Disney, Encanto. You heard of that one, Ray? You've got young kids. Yeah, I yeah I know. Everyone knows that, right? I think. Yeah. Well, as it happens, um, I went to high school with a girl who worked on that film, and this girl, as it happens, she won an Oscar for that film. I'm going to place a call to her very soon. See if I can borrow her Oscar so that we can present it to taint her for that amazing acting job that he did because, you know, he was grabbed by the collar. I'm not even a hundred percent sure on replay that Sparky pushed so much as he just grabbed and Tainter again, Greg Luganis type dive, hold my forehead. Oh my God, dude. Ah, there's so many things that I want to say and we would probably get an FCC fine violation for the things that I want to say about it. Uh, Brad, your thoughts on <laughs> McNulty? Does he need to show better restraint in that situation? I pro- I feel like I have the unpopular opinion in this scenario, which I don't quite get. Yes, I think what he does is embellishing and uh, over the top. But my mom always told me when I was uh, getting raised alongside my twin brother, the second person's always the one who gets caught. And, well, you know, the second person in this case was one Mr. Uh, Sparky McNulty. And guess who got caught and guess who got carded and sent off and 100% deserved because you can't go after a person. No matter what they do, you need to be able to sum, sum up whatever courage, whatever you can get out of it and stay on the field for the team. He put the team in a bad spot for something I almost can guarantee he regrets doing. Hopefully next time he won't do it. Go ahead. 
I, I, I just want to say, I, I agree. He should not have done it. I'm pissed at Tainter for his acting job and all the embellishment. That annoys the crap out of me. Um, but you're 100%, 100% right, Brad. Sparky needs to be more professional. Hey, this guy's a 30-year-old veteran. He's not a 17-year-old kid. He's not a rookie. He knows better. And I'm sure he feels horrible about it. There's no question about it. Fortunately, it ended up not hurting us. Yeah. Um, one thing one thing we did learn is McNulty should have just done a two-hand shove to the back of Tainter, and he probably wouldn't have only got a yellow card because, what, two minutes later in the match, um, I forget who was dribbling circles around who, but the San Antonio player finally had enough of getting uh, made a fool of uh, trying to defend and just two-hand shoves one of the OC players, I believe, maybe Kyle Scott, if I can recall. I, I don't know. Um, two-hand shove. I mean, you clear as day, two-hand shove to the back uh, and only gets a yellow card for that. I was very angry at that moment, and I was uh, heckling the AR that was right in front of Section 9 for a good five minutes. Um, uh, unfortunately, he did what he's supposed to do and ignored me. Um, but I, I did my best to let him know how un I, I was clean. I didn't say any bad words, but I was just trying to let him know how um, that was not a good call and he needs to help out his, his ref on the pitch. But uh, that should have been a red card, in my opinion, because it was just a blatant two-hand shove in the back. It wasn't part of the action. It was someone getting frustrated, two-hand shove in the back, um, and gets a yellow card on that. Two-hand shove in the back with a kick with the left leg to trip him up. If, go and watch the replay. You'll see it. And Kyle got a yellow card at the same time. They both got yellow cards. How Azakar only gets a yellow card is a little bit beyond me. And why Kyle got a yellow card is also a little bit beyond me. I mean, the guy got put on his face. Of course he's going to pop up and turn around and go at the guy. I don't think he even got to the guy, but he got a yellow card as well. I don't think that's very good refereeing. But one thing we learned is Orange County does need to show restraint in these situations, especially yeah. as we're heading into the playoffs. Win or go home uh, mentality. You can't be um, penalizing or hurting your team by not being able to play um, in an upcoming match. I, I don't know. Has the league come out with, if, is it, it a multi-game suspension or multi-match suspension for McNulty? Do we know yet? I, I haven't heard anything. Um, but there's the possibility because it was a straight red card and there is the chance the league's going to look at it. It was a straight red card because there was hands to the face. Um, I, I believe that's what the red card was for. Now, if they look at the replay, they may not see that. and It, it might not be um, as bad, but that's something that the players need to be uh, prepared for because playoff, Soccer is going to be this intense each and every week. You cannot um, let it get to you to the point where you're getting sent off. Now, that doesn't mean anything like we saw Rob Kieran in, a, in the championship run. He had to take a red card to save, uh, stop a goal from going in and save the chances of Orange County winning there. That is a smart red card to take. But these kind of red cards um, are uh, not going to be good for a team uh, when it's just because you're getting frustrated over stuff. Regardless of what happens, I get it, Larry. In the comments, I saw you getting kicked there. It's going to upset you. It's upset me in the past, uh, <clears throat> but you just these players get paid to play soccer and know when they need to hold back, which is all I'm saying there. All right, let's get away from all that. Um, let's talk about what has to happen next year for Orange County. Next year? Well, before we do that, before we do that, let's look and see where we are in the standings for the um predictions and i'll go to brad for that after the however match how many matches have we played this season i don't know what the official match count is but wherever we are right now we have We're uh 33 out of 34 all right so brad if you want to get into some prediction talk go for it yeah i mean uh this week uh a couple fours a couple threes um people were generally 
Um, spot on for Wendy, Wednesday's game. A uh, lot of three to twos, three to zeros. Um, no perfect predictions this week. Um, and then on Saturday, a couple of not so perfect predictions. I mean, one zero is a very uncommon game to guess. Uh, with that said, Taylor still leads all of us on the uh, prediction crew and the rest of the field by only a couple of points. Kayvon's narrowed the gap to just two. Haggis is close behind. And then uh, the rest of the field. Cool there. Um, and we will do our final prediction for the regular season here after we talk about the last match of the season. But let's bring the... Um... I don't know if we still have the standings up. I apologize. I know you had those up, producer Andy. If we can get those back up, I want to talk about it really quick because we have some scenarios to discuss here for Orange County. Currently, Orange County sitting in second place. I'm sorry, third place in the West. Uh, what is it? One point behind San Antonio. So there's definitely a strong mathematical possibility that they jump up to second place, um, which becomes big because then – if you can win your first round match, you're pretty much, I, I believe you're guaranteed a second round home match as well, um, which can be big. And then, you know, from the championship run season, upsets can happen. You may even still host another match later on. Um, San Antonio is playing, I believe, uh, Indy 11 and we have Monterey Bay tough matchup for us, a decently tough matchup for San Antonio. Although I don't know, quite know what Indy is playing for at this point. Uh, they are currently sitting sixth. Uh, they have uh, they have a chance to move up to fifth. They also have a chance to fall to seventh. Um, so they have something to play for if they want to at least stay where they are or potentially move up a spot, depending on who they want to play in the first round of playoffs, how things balance out and all that stuff. Um, so if Orange County can win, um, San Antonio loses. Or ties. Draws then Orange County moves into second. Um, if Orange County draws and San Antonio loses, San Antonio, I believe, will have the tiebreaker because of the goal differential in the head-to-head matches uh, between the two teams. So for Orange County to get to second, they need to win. That's first and foremost. We need a win from them against Monterey Bay uh, this upcoming weekend in Monterey Bay, uh, and we need at least a, a draw or worse from San Antonio for that to happen. Um. Let's talk about Monterey Bay. Oh, Larry's also, or producer Andy's showing us where San Diego's at. I think San Diego, they're even on points with us. Um, do we, who owns the head-to-head with us in San Diego? We I do. Because we're ahead of them on the table. Um, so really, they have a chance to jump us too if we don't do good and they do good at this point. And they're playing San yeah. Diego. Come on. What's up? They're Or they're playing Las Vegas. So they probably will get a full three points, which means we need to win if we want to even stay in third is what we're yep. saying at this point, right? Yep. Um, so a win is a must for Orange County against Monterey Bay. Um, how is this going to happen? Larry, how do we beat Monterey Bay, who technically still has a chance at the playoffs, although they're on the outside, um, down two points behind New Mexico. Um, so they need New Mexico to lose, and they need to win this match to even potential, and they need Oakland to, to stumble as well. So... Uh, Monterey has needs a lot of help, but they they're in a must win situation too. So two teams in a must win. What is Orange County um, doing here to get the full three points? First of all, a team with nothing to lose and everything to gain is a scary team. That that is a scary team. Full stop. End of story. 
Um, I don't remember what happened the first time we played Monterey. I think, well, I think that was when we were in a really bad run of form. July 1st. July 1st? The 10-year anniversary game uh, went down a goal, scored three. Okay, so we won that game. I, I didn't realize we won a game in July, but that's another story altogether. I'm just kidding. Um, this is going to, the, on paper, if you look at it, we should beat Monterey. Monterey's a good team. Um, they are not in particularly good form right now. Um, I can't remember what it is. Uh, two consecutive losses, a draw and a win, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, not nothing, nothing special, not really doing all that well. Um, we, however, we are surging again. Uh, after these last two wins against Oakland and San Antonio, uh, solid wins against very, very good, very, very strong teams. Um, and we shut them down in our house. And we got to go up to Monterey. By the way, I'll be there on the sidelines, so be looking for me. Um, Orange County just has to play their game. The thing that makes me nervous about this game is obviously we are going to be without Sparky. We do not have Corredio Sandina. He's in the Netherlands. Uh, we do not have Bryce Jameson. He is with the U.S. Men's National U-17 team. We got two forwards. We got Tom Tomas and we got Milan. Um, that means that the wingers are going to have to step it up a little bit more. Uh, it means the midfield, Partita and Kyle Scott, I believe, are going to be the key to this game. Those two controlling the midfield, as they have been, along with Brian and Seth, they control the midfield. Monterey can't stop us. We get a goal from Milan like we tend to do. Hey, I will take a one nothing win happily, and I will be reaching out to Aiden Quinn and you know, um, urging him on for Indy to, at minimum, get a point. Um, how scary, Brad, or how uh, how hurtful, I guess, would it be if Ugo Coley is the one that uh, takes us down in Monterey Bay, a former OC player? Um, would that hurt us at all, or would that hurt you at all, or is that not a matter? We Anyone that beats us from Monterey Bay is going to hurt just as equal. I mean, we've already logged a home playoff game. I don't know if it hurts. Like, it definitely, like, it sucks, um, especially if it's, like, conceding a late goal. That kind of makes the difference. However, with that said, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, sure, Ugo, but I don't – Ugo's too nice of a guy to trash talk or to, like, be insensitive <laughs> to the fans. Um, you know, there, there's only a handful of players in the league who would do that to a former team anyways. Uh, and Monterey Bay has a bunch of nice people, uh, competitive, but still nice off the pitch. Um, as for this actual game itself, um, I mean, Larry nailed it. A team with nothing to lose is the most dangerous team. And Monterey Bay is sitting in 10th uh, after being top of the leaderboard early on in the season. Uh, and they are in a position with nothing to lose. What's the worst that happens? They fall to 11th seed and uh, finish the season still out of playoffs. Uh, this team's going to come at Orange County hard for 90 minutes plus stoppage times, and they are going to be looking uh, to claw their way into playoffs, but they have to rely on a result from New Mexico losing, El Paso losing, um, and then the other team above them in the table also uh, dropping some points. So they're going to be dangerous. Uh, I don't know exactly how timing lines up, because uh, I don't believe every game is played at the same time. 
Um, I have that uh, information for you, oh, Brad. I do yeah, have that. Please. I've been looking at that, right? So here's the 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 big thing. So the Indy San Antonio match is a 5:30 kickoff Pacific time. Uh, the New Mexico um, Memphis match is a 6 p.m. Pacific time kickoff, and then we have a 7 p.m. kickoff against uh, Monterey Bay. So and technically, Oakland? huh? Oakland. Um, Oakland. I will get that for you right now. Oakland's match is simultaneous. I, um, there are 7 p.m. kickoff as well. Yeah. So technically, we should know if uh, Monterey Bay has any shot of making the playoffs at halftime. Um, because the New Mexico game should be close to wrapping up around then. So depending on how that's going, if it's a big lead for New Mexico, then uh, Monterey Bay will sort of know that they're not going to make it, and it's just all for pride at that point. Maybe it's not as scary. Um, The uh, San Antonio result, we'll sort of know where that is pretty much. We'll know at halftime what that result is. So then Orange County will know, hey, do we need to go full throttle? Because now we can pass – uh, Monterey Bay, or I'm sorry, Monterey, uh, past San Antonio, or can we go a little bit easier now because we don't have to worry about that? San Diego would be the only other one, and they're actually a start after, after us. So, so Orange County probably pretty much just has to play because you never know what's going to happen with San Diego. Um, so you just need to play for the win if you're Orange County, regardless of what the other results are. Um, but at least with the thoughts of second place in mind, we'll sort of know around halftime what the what the probability or what the possibility is of that so that'll be an interesting thing because again if we win in san antonio draws we have second place so we'll sort of know that at that point as well um i think logan just pointed out that uh, new mexico plays on friday new mexico plays on friday new mexico wins monterey's out you know i was not even looking at dates i was just looking at times so that's a good catch um i apologize for your pressure logan there good catch logan and Ray muted himself, Brad. Right. Yeah, I did. I did. I did a Brad thing. <laughs> no, I was just saying uh, uh, Andy was trying to show it to us that it's a Friday match and we just weren't paying attention. Uh, but, um, yeah, so actually in that Andy. case, Monterey Bay will know if there's any chance to make the playoffs before this match even starts. So who knows? If, if there's no chance and they don't care about impacting the playoff standings, they could potentially say, hey, we're out of it. Let's bring some of our young players in. Let's bring some players that haven't had a chance to play much this season. And give them a little bit of uh, game time for the final match of the season. Who knows how that works out? Um, Although that- Memphis is going to be playing for uh, some sort of home field advantage versus Louisville. Um, both teams are sitting at around 50, 52 points. Um, if Memphis drops points, Louisville can steal a home game. So Memphis is probably going to play hard against uh, New Mexico and at the rate they've been playing recently, they've improved since we kind of came back against them in uh, AutoZone Park. So it's going to be interesting seeing uh, what happens there at the end of the year. No, it totally makes sense. Um, yeah, it, but again, in, in that case, Monterey Bay is going to know what, what the case is heading into the match against Orange County. So there could be some positives out of it for Orange County that you're going to have, again, potentially a Monterey Bay side that, doesn't really have anything to play for because what is it um i believe right if new mexico just gets a win i believe monterey bay is eliminated no i mean sorry, uh, monterey monterey holds a uh, tiebreaker over el paso so el paso against new mexico. They, el paso oh against el paso they can technically either. catch el paso el paso's got mm-hmm. 44 points yes. okay so a lot of crazy stuff gonna happen here we who knows it's so confusing and, and, it is so confusing. Um, the only scenario. thing. Oh, producer, on, producer Andy, Andy, what do you got to say? 
Yeah, hey, uh, really quick. Uh, our friend John Morrissey over at USL Tactics, he wrote a really good Substack article on all these um, possibilities uh, down in the kind of bottom of the Western table. So I uh, highly encourage you to go read what he wrote because it addresses all of this. Of course he did. So basically, Andy, you're saying we just we've been talking for 10 minutes and people could have just gone and, and read what John had to say. And it would have been a lot more clear and a lot more educational for the listeners. Um, John to sum up yeah, the whole but... conversation, uh, six teams are locked in the West. Five teams are fighting for two spots and one team Vegas is eliminated. What, what we could what have just said, said that and we would have been good there. Um <laughs> This uh, Monterey Bay match, uh, any other thoughts, ideas of this, Larry, before we go into our predictions? Uh, you know, I just, I, I'm really excited because I'm going to be there for the game. And the seats that I bought, um, literally on the field and sitting as close to the OCSC bench as I possibly could. I will I will be the next and next player off the bench from the very end of the bench, should they get that desperate. Um, and I will be uh, I will be broadcasting uh, on the OCSC uh, the OCSC Soccercast uh, Instagram page just like I do for home games. So I'm really excited for this game. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, oh, for those of you wondering, I'll be up there because that's where I'm spending my honeymoon weekend. Because hey, Brad, guess what, Brad, 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 I'm getting married Wednesday. So just in case you didn't know, I thought I'd share that with you. There, my friends. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Brad, any last thoughts on this match? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is always a fun game. Uh, Monterey Bay is secretly a good team. Um, their defense is very strong. Kai Green, uh, Seth Roberts, uh, or sorry, Hugh Roberts, holding the midfield of the, that back four or back five that they play. Um, they are very fluid. They like to stretch the field. Orange County has been very good against uh, teams that are playing the long ball. Uh, recently however you know monterey bay is going to be in a spot where they need to they need to earn points if they want to make it to the postseason uh they're desperate like larry said and if we're not coming out and expecting them to do exactly what they are doing practice to the nth degree um then you know if we concede one they are going to play very physical just like that san antonio game uh, we saw in that game, if you if you get under Orange County's skin, we're going to retaliate. We're going to get into some card difficulties because it wasn't just uh, Sparky McNulty who earned a yellow card for getting a little handsy with uh, other players. So that, you know, that's where we are sitting in this game. Perfect. Let's get into our predictions for this match. Orange County traveling up to Monterey Bay um, for those listening live in the chats, feel free to throw in your predictions and also make sure you put them onto the official prediction um, sheet that Brad has created. I'm going to go to you first, Larry. What's your prediction for this match? <laughs> I'm terrified to do anything other than what I've been doing, um, I, which, is, which is just so incredible. It's stupid. It's stupid. I am a grown man. I should not be worried about superstitions. Um, having said that, I'm going to make a prediction, and I am going to say that uh, Monterey Bay is going to win 2-0. There we go. And uh, obviously no first goal scorer for Orange County. Brad, what's your prediction? I am going to say my superstitious pick. Uh, I'm going to go 4-1. Orange County. And who's um, the first goal scorer? 
Let's make it fun. Marcus Knockham. Um, for my prediction, I'm going to have to go with my superstitious prediction here. Um, something I did last week because of this drink being such a superstitious part of this show and Orange County's great run, uh, the 20th year um, uh, plantation or 20 year uh, rum. So I'm going to go 2-0 Orange County. Hey, and just to, I don't know, this is going to be part of my new superstition, I guess, is who do I think is going to score get the first goal? I'm going to say uh, – Sparky McNulty getting that first goal against Monterey Bay. Um, hopefully that helps the uh, the magical powers of superstition work really well there, and we get that victory um, from And it. if you so hit Sparky it, that's McNulty. the greatest prediction in history. If I hit it, that would be an amazing prediction, right? Um, but, yeah, the, the, the league's going to come out and rescind the red card. He's going to get to play, and he's going to score a goal is what's going to happen with that, right? Um, let's do this. We got our predictions in. I don't think I've seen any predictions come through, or maybe they have. I'm not looking in the right spot. But I don't think there's uh, any predictions that have come through. Um, hey, I see Christopher McCaff uh, McCaffrey asking what my drink of choice is, uh, the one that's helped us win a bunch of games. It is Plantation 20-Year Rum. Um, I got this as a gift from coaching soccer from one of my assistant coaches, and I'm almost out, so I'm going to have to go find it at BevMo or – total wine and see if I can get another bottle in time uh, for um, whatever. I need to make sure I have it so we keep winning. A uh, random thought time because we're running low on time. We have about 10 minutes left that we can do this show. And thank you, Larry. Um, Pevmo, 64 bucks. I'll have to look into it. Um, hopefully I can make that work. Uh, random thoughts. Let's go to Brad first for a random thought. Yeah, I'm going to kind of uh, take up a little bit of this 10 minutes. Um Right now in the world, there are people who went to bed last night under rocket fire and gunfire and uh, crazy stuff happening. And I don't ask people to take a side in this issue. Um, I do disclose that I am Jewish and I do have ties to Israel. Um, however, I understand both sides of the argument. Um, just... Keep in mind people and humanity that are going there. I think the three of us and most of our listeners are very fortunate. We live in a part of the world that agree or disagree with who's in charge. We go to bed not worrying about, for the most part, not waking up due to something outside of our control. Um, but unfortunately, in different parts of the world, uh, that's not the case. Um, if you haven't read or informed yourself about what's going on in Israel and Gaza and Palestine, uh, please do yourself a favor and read, but keep an open mind that in the world we live in right now, especially on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, um, there are a lot of misleading informations out there. Um, so please, you know, take a moment, be educated, understand that there are multiple viewpoints, um, and that it it's unfortunate what's going on in that part of the world. So, you know, keep some people in your thoughts. If you know people that live in that area of the world, uh, keep them in your thoughts. Uh, I don't have a record. I kind of forgot to bring one into the room with me when the uh, show started, but uh, pretend I'm holding up uh, three days grace. Uh, I'll bring that out next week. And, and I appreciate Brad. I mean, um, that's one thing that I think many people don't do a good job of. Uh, I'm not trying to be mean or preachy, but it is, taking news from all sides and not just looking at a one-sided view of, of information um, regardless of what it is, you know, 
uh, you got to make sure you're doing your own due diligence and, and looking into it to form your opinions and don't just take the opinions of others. Looking to see what's going on and try and find unbiased information so that you can uh, make your, your decision and, and form your own thoughts and views and opinions and stuff. But the, the ultimate message is, you know, it's people, regardless of your uh, origin, your race, your religion. These are people. Um, we're all people of earth and um, it's sad when uh, there's people that can't feel safe. Like you said, Brad, go for it, Brad. Mm. One more thing. Yeah. I mean, we could fill up easily a whole hour of this conversation. Um, but, you know, to summarize it up for people, you know, Hamas is a horrendous uh, terrorist organization that had done some recently horrendous things, killing hundreds of people. And Israel as a country retaliates by knocking down buildings. And, you know, they're, there's no two two wrongs here doesn't make a right. I can't defend either side of the equation. Obviously, both are bad. Uh, and I'm not even going to argue that one is worse bad than the other uh, because it's been 50, 60, 70 years in the world that this is happening in this part of the world. And, you know, the solution needs to come quicker for peace and conversation needs to prevail and cooler heads need to prevail sooner rather than later. All right, Larry, random thought from you. Um, I, I have a couple of them. Um, first of all, I'm going to say, Brad, I'm with you. Thank you for saying what you said. That's, uh, that's an important message, message to put out there. Yes, I know that we are a, uh, we are a soccer podcast, but we are still citizens of this, uh, of this planet. And this is an important issue that's going on right now. Um, having said that, uh, random thought. Uh, first of all, I learned this weekend from somebody who is very near and dear to me uh somebody who is very near and dear to all of us um he th this this person is going to be moving away from southern california and learning that just saddened the hell out of me and i won't say who the person is but uh it's somebody that we all know and we all love and i wish that this person was not moving away because he's a fantastic human being um and he's awesome to be around and I hope that uh, I hope that he won't be gone from Southern California for a very, very long period of time. I hope it will be a very short period of time. So just know if you're watching right now or if you're listening, we love you. I love you, man. And I hope that you won't be gone very long. Um, number two, on a slightly lighter, lighter note. Um, hey, Brad, did you know that I'm getting married Wednesday? Did I mention that? Did I tell look, there she is. She's marrying me. <laughs> it's OK. Um... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Hold on one second. Uh, let me bring up uh, Tottenham's results because I believe uh, we're going to have to bring hear up, bring top up of the table. Um, something results. like that. Uh, let's hear. It. Let's hear it, Brad. How did that? How did the the weekend go? Uh, Tottenham. Oh, Luton Town's not here. Uh, well, I believe. Yeah, I, I, that's why. And then up a goal. That's why Dylan ditched us tonight because he did not want to have to hear anything about that match. Um, I wasn't even going to like get into it too hard. I, my random thought is an amazing pretty much perfect sports weekend for me um orange county gets the victory my son's team got a one nil victory our first shot out of the season tottenham got their victory and i'm sorry if we have any cowboy fans here but my niners whooped on the cowboys last night it wasn't even close it wasn't even a contest the niners could have put their backups in the whole match of the whole game and probably would have beat uh, the, the, the Cowboys. So, um, awesome sports weekend for me. Um, I'm exhausted right now. I've been up since like five in the morning. Um, and just for anyone 
wanting another clue on what Larry was talking about, you know, someone that he loves, um, you know, moving out of SoCal. It's pro- probably one of my longest or probably my longest uh, sort of relationship uh, related to Orange County Soccer Club. Um, so there's a clue for you as well. Um, mine, mine too. So, um, yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that, that's going to wrap things up for the show. Uh, I appreciate, uh, you all for listening. Anyone that's still listening, anyone that's on the live chats, um, watching live, uh, we appreciate that. And there go to our website, ocsepodcast.com to read what we have to say. A great article just recently released about the, um, stadium proposal. Go check that out. If you haven't heard about it, lots of good information and links to, to information and quotes from the proposal and all that fun stuff. Um, also remember playoff home playoff match in uh, less than two weeks now, October 21st at championship soccer stadium, orange County is going to be hosting someone. If the season ended right now, it would be Phoenix, which would be a pretty awesome matchup, but there's a lot of op- uh, potential opponents that we have. There's no way to say who it's going to be right now. All we can say definitively it is, will be at championship soccer stadium and tickets are on sale. Now get those tickets. I'm anticipating that it'll be a sellout. I would be shocked if it's not a sellout and I'd be shocked if it's not a sellout sooner rather than later. Uh, so if you really want to go, especially if you want to bring a group of four or more, you probably want to get your tickets sooner rather than later. So you can sit together um, because I know as I, I was at my match this past weekend and there were a lot of people in random seats trying to get together and asking if people could move and switch seats with them and all this fun stuff. So make sure you get there. Let's pack the stadium. Let's make it loud. Let's, make it horrible for whoever's attending as far as just being really loud. Don't, don't like do mean things to, to the other team or the other team's fans, but let's just be loud. Let's be energetic. Let's be noisy. Um, and let's make that place a place that, uh, no one wants to come play, especially in the playoffs. Um, and let's get that second star on the crest. Um, I, I know this, this team is capable, um, from what we've seen. Um, yeah, they're capable. So, this is awesome. This is a good time to go out to the, the matches. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you to uh, Brad, to Larry, uh, to those that couldn't make it on the show tonight, producer Andy. Um, with that said, this is the Orange Black Soccer Cast, and we are out.